Exurga Deus disipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio deruntium a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias do praesidium. Imperatili Deus supplicas e precamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignosque ad perditiorum animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Iesu Sacratissimum miserere nobis, mater dolorosa ora pro nobis. Speculum justitiae ora pro nobis. Domine, Ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. It's hard to believe, when I look back across most of the podcasts that I've recorded, that inevitably they actually all still fall upon the same theme. We talk about a lot of subjects, from the Great Reset to the Civil War to the collapse in the church, the war on tradition. It all comes from the same place. It's all the battle of good and evil. And there are some things that we probably are going to have to do in addition to the most important thing that we should be doing, which is, of course, prayer, fasting, reparation, and penance. The recent <clears throat> discussion about Pope Francis's uh, speech on the 2nd of February on Candlemas is a critical mass inflection point. And it's an inflection point because like I said, when I was ta- originally talking about it, it is the destruction of the magisterium of the church. To make the claim that it doesn't really matter what you do, you cannot be separated from the communion of saints, is to make the claim that there is nothing that the magisterium can do to... I'm going to use the word enforce, right morals, and judgment. It is to say that the magisterium actually has nothing to say on heresy, on apostasy, on evil. It is to say that it doesn't matter if you're, basically, it doesn't matter if you're a Satanist. There is nothing the church can do. There is no responsibility of the mystical body of Christ to make any recommendation, to do anything. In effect, to make that declaration is to ultimately reject everything that Christ said and taught. But it goes further because it actually is to reject everything that Christ said and taught everything that God said and taught 
through the prophets in the Old Testament. <clears throat> it is to say that there is nothing to be said about morals and judgment. There are some tacit statements that are attached to this, because if, if nothing you do can separate you from the body of Christ, if nothing you can do can separate you from the communion of saints, if nothing you can do can separate you from heaven, then abortion is fine. Then murder is fine. Then pedophilia is fine. Then pederasty is fine. Then homosexuality is fine. Then contraception is fine. Then transhumanism is fine. Then all of the modernist movement, all of the modernist ideas, all of the diabolical ideas, they are all fine. If there is nothing you can do to separate yourself from the communion of saints, then you can look God in the face and say, non serviam, and you will still be one of his saints. <clears throat> now, beyond the ridiculousness, there are some implications that have to do with the church. And since with this teaching, Pope Francis has gone way too far, there are some actions that can be taken. <clears throat> now, I've said in... in previous podcasts, a couple of previous podcasts, that a layman cannot declare the, pro the Pope to be a, a heretic because we, don't we lack the juridical authority. But what Pope Francis has now said means that the church lacks the juridical authority, means bishops lack the juridical authority, means priests lack the juridical authority. It means everybody actually lacks the juridical authority to make the declaration against even a layman a priest, another bishop, or the Pope. It means everybody lacks the juridical authority. And his teaching actually basically says that God will not judge him either. But from a tangible perspective, if nothing can separate you for if nothing can separate a person from the communion of saints, then the bishops actually have no control over their churches. And by that teaching, traditionis custodis is null and void. The Second Vatican Council is null and void. The Paul VI Missal is null and void. It is all null and void. And if the bishops want to retain the church, If they want to be able to act even in their own self-interest to maintain their so-called positions of authority and power, then they had better act. Because Pope Francis in that teaching negated their authority, all of their authority. In that teaching, if that teaching were to become the widely accepted teaching of the church, then every then the Apostles' Creed is null and void. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is null and void. Peter's Pence is null and void. 
all everything that they've ever done is null and void. There's nothing like there's no reason to support any of it. It might be a good idea for some people, some people meaning you and me, to confront our bishops and ask them if you can support this. Why do I need you? If you're willing to support Francis in this teaching, then why do I need you? Why should I even attend? Because at this point, that teaching from Pope Francis has made the declaration that there is no need for anyone to go to church. There is no need for the, the 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 holy roman the the one holy catholic and apostolic faith the holy roman church has nothing to offer and if they're okay with their dioceses having nothing to offer having no authority being null and void in toto Well, then there's no need to send, I mean, there's no need to tithe. There's no need, there's no need for anything. Pope Francis, if the, if this teaching is allowed to carry forward, if he is allowed to carry on this, on this path, then they're nothing. They don't need their miter. They don't need their crook. They don't need chasubles and dalmatics. They don't need... <clears throat> They don't need any of it. There's no need for them to hold, to celebrate the Mass. There's no need for them to pray. There's no need for anyone to pray. If this teaching is allowed to carry forward, then the Catholic Church is destroyed. It's gone. Now, you know that to not be true. I know it to not be true. And, e and even as lost as the bishops are, as lost as the bishops are, <clears throat> they will have to do something. Because if nothing can separate you from the, from the communion of saints, and I'm not even joking, I think, at this, I think at this point, I think now it's actually time for us to amplify the Pope's message. Because if we amplify the Pope's message, it will become obviously wrong. Particularly if we draw the logical conclusion, if nothing can separate you from the communion of saints, then there is no need for Holy Mother Church. There is no need for anything that the Catholic Church has to offer. We don't need bishops. We don't need priests. We don't need the Pope. We don't need the Vatican. And we should cut them off entirely because I got to be perfectly honest with you. If I don't need them, why would I pay for them? It's time to actually amplify the message. It's time to talk to our priests and ask them where they stand on this particular teaching. And if they're willing to concede this particular teaching quietly and not say anything, 
then it's time to walk out of that church. It's time to confront the bishops and ask them, where do they stand on this teaching? Because if they stand on this teaching, if they stand behind it, then there's no need for them. And we should so state. Because if there's nothing that can separate me from the communion of saints, then there is no need for the Eucharist. There is no need for confession. There is no need for marriage. There is no need for holy orders. There is no need for any of it. And the sooner that we amplify this, the better. Because at some point, the bishops will act in their own self-interest. Understand, dear family, that even Cardinal Supich will act in his own best interests and cut this off. Maybe, I don't know, he might actually fully delete the church, in which case, hey, guess what? He's excommunicated. Makes it easy. Now is the time to actually, now is the time to start to tell the bishops, you do something about Francis now, or you get nothing. You get no parish, no dioceses, no title, no nothing. You do something about Francis now. Because what Francis has just done with that teaching has taken a copper nail and hammered it into the root of the tree. Now, for those of you who are unaware of what that does to a tree, you can kill an entire tree. If you need to remove a tree from from property, you can actually pretty much almost let Mother Nature take care of it itself by taking a copper nail and nailing it into one of the roots of the tree. And it will poison the tree. Quickly. It's not even a slow process. This teaching is the teaching that destroys the church. And everybody who follows this teaching makes makes it very apparent that they are not part of the church. And if the bishops are willing to follow Francis on this, then they're not part of the church. If they're willing to follow his teachings, no matter what heresy or apostasy he teaches, at this point, he has proven himself to be outside the church. And if they follow him, everyone who follows him, they are outside the church and anything that they have to say is moot. So if Supich follows him, if the USCCB follows him, if the German council follows him, if the, if the bishops around the world follow him, they are not the Catholic church. It's that simple. If nothing can separate you from the body of Christ, then there is no body of Christ. Now, you know it to not be true. I know it to not be true. We all understand it somewhere, somewhere deep down, no matter what. We all understand that is not true. And it is by this that we can separate ourselves from those people who are no longer part of Christ's mystical body. The heretical bishops, the heretical priests, we can separate ourselves from all of them. People have wanted to be able to declare Pope uh, Pope Francis to be the anti-pope. We're coming up on that time. As I say repeatedly, there is no anti-pope without the pope. 
Antimatter. If there is no matter to cap, if there is no matter, is just matter. You cannot have you you cannot even have the concept of antimatter without matter. Now it has become clear that he is not the Pope. But until we do something, he's certainly not an anti-pope. If the bishops don't stand up on this, if the bishops don't, every bishop that doesn't stand up against this, every bishop that does not call Pope Francis out and condemn this teaching as heresy, not just a, and we're not even talking about a minor heresy. We are talking, we are talking about a heresy of a magnitude that is ultimately extirpative of the church. If this teaching is allowed to stand, there is no Catholic church. And there's no need to support them. And to all the left Caths out there, if you're okay with this teaching, if there is nothing that can separate you from the body of Christ, if there's nothing that can separate you from the communion of saints, and you cannot see that that means that there is no communion of saints. That ultimately, Pope Francis is declaring that there is no God. He's not saying there's no God. You're putting words in his mouth. Yes, he is. He is saying that there is no God. If everyone... If everyone is special, then nobody's special. If everyone's saved, then nobody's saved. And he's taught similar things like this before because he, according to, and that, mind you, here's the thing. This teaching confirms everything that Eugenio Scalfari has ever said about what the Pope believes. Because this teaching comes from that mindset. So you can go back over all of the articles, everything that Eugenio Scalfari has ever said about Pope Francis, and this teaching actually confirms all of those things to be true. If this is allowed to, if this is allowed to continue, and we don't do something about this, and I mean something about this before the death of Pope Francis, Because I got to be honest with you, what's going to what's going to make a bigger mockery of the church is digging up Pope Francis to excommunicate him the way they did freaking Pope Honorius. We have to do this now. This must be done now. And if the bishops fail to see it, then well, they can go too, and they're not part of the church and the organ and and no joke. If they've so thoroughly poisoned the poisoned the Vatican, poisoned the the hierarchy. I mean, we're at that point, <clears throat> and I don't necessarily say that we should probably start with Archbishop Vigano, but we should probably start with Archbishop Vigano. Archbishop Vigano, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and some of the better bishops. The one, the one in Arizona, uh, the uh, I don't remember the bishop's name in Arizona, but he might, he might be one of the better ones to have. Bishops like Arch, Arch uh, Cardinal Archbishop Supich have got to go. 
bishops like Archbishop uh, Cardinal Archbishop Wilton Gregory have got to go. Joseph Tobin, Thomas Tobin, if they don't stand on this, they've got to go. By the way, that's both Nighty Knight Tobin and the supposedly good Bishop Tobin, the one, the one who allowed Father James Jackson to be framed in his diocese. The time has come. At this point, we have to act. It's time to put the pressure on the bishops and let them know that if this teaching is allowed to pass, there is no Catholic Church. If this teaching is, about, is, is allowed to pass, then none of it, it, like no joke, none of it matters. The seven sacraments don't matter. The, se <laughs> the seven virtues don't matter. The seven deadly sins don't matter. None of it matters. We know this to not be true because this is drastically outside, dr drastically out outside of what the church has ever taught before. And it's provable. Taylor Marshall's already proven it. Patrick Coffin has already proven it. Now is the time. Now is the time to start raising the. This isn't just the cardinal. This isn't just four cardinals with a dubia. This should be the whole church with anathema sit. We're done. We are done. We're done playing around. It is time to get rid of this guy. There have been many people who have raised questions as to the validity of his election in the first place. I don't even care if his election was valid at this point. At this point, he's an apostate. And this isn't a formal juridical declaration. This is an accusation. And it is time for him to defend himself. Because if he refuses at this point, well, then we can move without him. One of the other things, one of the other things that's proven through history, if he refuses to defend himself on this point, then we can move him, then we can move without him. This is actually far more clear than the Arian, than the Arian heresy. This is far more clear than the Nestorian heresy. This is actually far more clear than anything that's ever happened to the church before. The Pope has just taught that there is no need for the church. There is nothing that can separate you from the communion of saints. There is nothing that can separate you from heaven. Everybody's going to heaven, no matter how wicked and evil they are on this earth. And we know this to not be true. We know it to not be true because the church has never taught this. In the wildest fantasies of the Second Vatican Council, the church has never taught this. It wasn't taught in any of the Vatican documents. It has never been taught by any of the post-Vatican II popes. And we have been on a slow slide of degradation, but this is it. Everyone who holds to this teaching, everyone who supports Pope Francis in this, y'all gotta go. 
If you believe that there's nothing that can separate you from the communion of saints, you got to go. You are not Catholic. <coughs> because that is very clearly not an infallible teaching. If you are telling me that I can look straight into the face of the body of, of straight into the face of my Lord in the Eucharist and tell him I will not serve and I can still be part of the communion of saints, you're out of your mind. We, you don't even actually have to be a major theologian to understand this. If I looked at my father and told him that I hate you and I will, and I will not be your son. I don't get to inherit. If I look at my parents and tell them, I will not do the dishes, I will not take out the trash, I will not do any of these things, then there is no use for me as their child. If the prodigal son never returned home, then he's still dead. This cannot be allowed to stand at all. And bishops, guess what? I don't care if you were on board with the New World Order. Because this is the side effect of acting and making the formal declaration that Pope Francis is a heretic. When you do that, you negate every one of his teachings all the way back to the beginning. And you do not get to start over. You do not get to start over. Doesn't matter how much you want to. Doesn't matter how much you personally reject God. Doesn't matter how much you personally agree with the nonsense that he's put out. If you want to stay in the Catholic Church, you cannot teach his error. So it doesn't matter. It, look out for your own self-interest in this one. You stay with the teachings of the whole of Holy Mother Church or you get the heck out. You think you're going to slip in the LGBT the LGBT activism? You can dump that right out at the gates. Because everything that Pope Francis has taught has been anchored on this teaching that he finally declared on February 2nd on Candlemas, and it has been made clear, the glory of Candlemas, that the light would be shined in a way that cannot be denied. He has made it clear that all of his teachings are anchored on that one teaching, that there is nothing that can separate you. His whole, who am I to judge? Well, newsflash. The reason why you can say that is because you don't believe anything can separate you from the body of Christ. You don't believe that anything can separate you from the communion of saints. You don't believe that anything can separate you from heaven. Amoris Laetitia? Well, good riddance with that crap. Because that's anchored on the same teaching. We have been waiting for this crystallization point. We have been waiting for the chrysalis to shatter and the body of what it is that this Pope believes to be revealed to the world. And it has been. This Pope believes nonsense. This Pope believes in nothing 
that is the Catholic faith. And his war against tradition, gone. It doesn't even matter if you don't like the traditional Latin mass, you're stuck with it. Because Pope Francis has proven, he has proven by his own teachings that the Novus Ordo is the root of a separate religion, a non-Catholic religion. He said it in his own words. Now, in truth, you might be able to dial it back to the hermeneutic of continuity, but this is what remains. Pope Francis has always been a supporter of the Novus Ordo, which means we now need to examine the Novus Ordo. And you have to examine it in detail. And if you fail to examine it in detail, and we're not talking about appointing sub, you know, a lay council of theologians to co- go through, because that's just stupid. We don't even actually have to go that far. If you, if you, if you check the statistics, the Novus Ordo has proven itself to be poisonous. Because it doesn't resemble the mass of the ages. It doesn't resemble that which has always been taught, which means, guess what? At this point, at this point, Pope Francis has revealed that there's two churches and that one of them is decidedly not Catholic. And one of those churches is anchored in the Novus Ordo. Can't be separated from it. Won't. And because they won't be separated from the Novus Ordo, because they ultimately believe that there's nothing that you can do to be separated, check it out. Here's the core of the theosophy of the Novus Ordo Church. And this is whether or not the priest himself who celebrates the Novus Ordo believes it or not. The core of the theology of the Novus Ordo is that you cannot be separated from the body of Christ. That's why the the homilies are so milquetoast. They challenge you to be better people, but they challenge you to be better people without the sacrifice. They challenge you to be better people, but they challenge you to be better people without the penance, without the reparation, without the recognition that we are not worthy, that God has given us more than we can atone for, but that does not absolve us from the need to atone. And because they separated us from from uniting our own sacrifice to his sacrifice so that his sacrifice can make ours perfect, because we can't perfect his sacrifice except except by our cooperation. That's what makes it perfect, is when we align our will to his, the perfection that he created for us is made perfect because we we have to choose it freely. The quality of sacrifice, the virtue of the sacrifice that he made is perfect. But if we don't unite our sacrifice to his, then we are not made perfect. And we're left behind. And the core of the philosophy of the Novus Ordo Church is that we don't need to do that. We don't need to align our will with his. We can talk about it all you want. 
But the way you align your, the way I align my will with my parents is I submit to their will. That I demonstrate that I am submitting to their will. The way I align my will with my employer is I submit to my employer's will. We all know this to be true. And the way that we align our will to Christ's is we submit to his will. And we show it. Which means you don't receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord in your hands. Which means you don't receive the body, blood, uh, soul, and divinity of our Lord on your feet. You kneel. It means that you don't waste your time modernizing and having to translate again and again and again and again and again. Why do we have the ancient languages? It's so that we don't get the meaning meaning wrong. Because if you have to translate it, you're going to change the meaning. You're going to change the perception of the meaning. Why do we use the ancient languages? Because the ancient languages save us from being separated by our modern languages. Because if a because if a if a non-English speaking Mexican or South American walks into a Catholic church in the middle of Hoboken, New Jersey, he doesn't have to worry about speaking English because the mass is in a language, is in the language of the ages. And it doesn't matter if it's Byzantine, where they're speaking Koine Greek. It doesn't matter if it's Syriac. It doesn't matter if it's if, if you're in the Coptic church. If it's a Catholic church, you don't have to worry about the languages being spoke, spoken. So if you attend the Byzantine liturgy, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the Byzantine. It, it doesn't matter that they're speaking Koine Greek, because every Byzantine Catholic church is going to be speaking the same language. Every Latin church is going to be speaking the same language. And you don't have to boil a priest's brain while he's trying to give a Latin, while he's trying to, while he's trying to celebrate the Holy Mass in both English and Spanish. Or English, Spanish, and then if there's a large German community in German, and if there's a French community in French, and if you happen to be in L.A., then there's going to be Vietnamese and Korean and Chinese. You don't have to worry about learning all of the languages. You can just learn Latin. You just speak Latin. And it is far easier for the peoples of the world to learn to speak Latin than it is for the priests of the Holy of Holy Mother Church to learn to speak every language of every person who walks into their church. I have often made the comment to my priest when I was when I was living in Indiana that it would be far easier if you just celebrated in Latin. Because if you celebrate the Mass in Latin, then I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people who are going to be offended by it. Oh, well. But you only have to celebrate the Mass once. Because the English-speaking community 
and the Spanish-speaking community, if you piled them all into the church at the same time, would only fill the church. But if you celebrate the Mass in English, and then you celebrate the Mass in Spanish, now you have to celebrate the Mass twice, and the Spanish speakers are going to go to one Mass, and the English speakers are going to go to the other Mass, and there is no unity in the body of Christ. And it was proven by the fact that in my Knights of Columbus Council, in that parish, we only had three Spanish speakers. And yet, the parish community, supposedly, was equal parts, English and Spanish. When the parish had a picnic, <coughs> despite the fact that it was advertised in both English and Spanish, none of the Spanish-speaking community attended. This wouldn't have happened. It would not have happened if there was one mass. It would not have happened. We would have been one Catholic community instead of two communities occupying the same place. You want Catholic unity? Bring back Catholicity. You want to bring everybody together under one banner? That banner should be the banner of Christ and not that of the world. It's provable. You don't even actually have, like, no joke, you don't even actually have to prove it. As soon as you say it, you kind of understand it to be true. Oh, well, we'd lose both. Well, that's not true. That is not true. What is true is that if we carry on under Pope Francis, <clears throat> there will be no church. There is no church. Under Pope Francis, that's just, okay, let, let me, under Pope Francis, there is no church. How's that? Because under his teaching, there is no church. There is no communion of saints. If apostates and heretics, if people who curse God and keep people who bless God both end up in heaven, how is there not war in heaven? Because if there is no perfection. There is no perfection of the soul. Oh, they're going to be saved anyway. No, they're not. All they're going to do, like no joke, if this were to be allowed to happen, all they're going to do is the people who cursed God are going to be in heaven cursing God. And there's another war in heaven, and the whole thing happens all over again. Clearly, that's not going to be the case. It's not what it says in sacred scripture. In sacred, in sacred scripture, it's quite different. In the holy traditions of the church, it's quite different. There is no compatibility with what Pope Francis is teaching. There is no compatibility with what the Novus Ordo wants. With what the Catholic Church 
is. You want bishops, you want to empty your churches? Fine. Follow Francis, because your churches aren't actually Catholic. You want to negate your position? Fine. Follow Francis, because Francis isn't Catholic, and you're not actually a bishop. And if you're not a bishop, then me as a Catholic, I have no obligation to listen to you whatsoever. My priests have no obligation to listen to you whatsoever. So the bishop of Billings in Great Falls and the bishop of Helena, both of you had better get right. Both of you had better get right, because if you follow Francis on this, you're not the bishop and your priests. And I'm going to put your in quotation marks here. Your priests are not your priests. And they have no obligation to listen to you. You have no authority over the diocese. You have no authority over the, over the parishes. If you follow Francis in this, you aren't. You are not. It's that simple. Oh, but I'm the bishop. No, you're not. You follow Francis in this, you're not the bishop. You're not the bishop because even if you were the bishop, I have no obligation to listen to you. Even if you were the bishop, I have no obligation to listen to you. The priest has no obligation to listen to you. We can celebrate the traditional Latin mass without you because we don't need you because you have already said so. If there's nothing that can separate me from the body of Christ, then you can't separate me from the body of Christ when I tell you to go pound sand. You can't even tell me not to receive communion if you follow Francis in this. Because Francis can't tell me not to receive communion. <clears throat> because there's nothing he can say that would keep me from communion. Nothing can separate us from the communion of saints. All are saints. I mean, this is basically what he said. The apostate, the heretic, the persecutors of the church, they're all entitled to communion because they're all part of the communion of saints. And if they're all entitled to communion because they're all part of the communion of saints, then you can't strike me down. You have no weapons with which to fight. <clears throat> I, on the other hand, am very well armed. Catholics are very well armed. Because if you follow that teaching, the church has never taught that in its history. Would never teach that. Christ himself never taught it, which means he would never teach it. And if Christ himself didn't teach it and you refuse to teach what Christ taught, then you are not a priest or a bishop of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pope Francis rejected the title of Vicar of Christ, and he has made it very clear he is not the Vicar of Christ. He is not even the Bishop of Rome. He's made it clear. 
So either you do something about it, Bishop, or you're not part of the body of Christ, and you're not the bishop. It's that simple. This teaching is the crystallization point. This is the crystal knock of the church. This is it. So you need to talk to your bishop and ask him, are you going to go along with Francis in this teaching? Because this teaching is the teaching that undergirds all the rest of his teachings, which this teaching proves that every other one of his quest of, of his questionable teachings, his changing of the catechism to say that the death penalty is inadmissible. That teaching, that teaching is rooted in this one. Fratelli Tutti is rooted in this teaching. Amores Laetitia is rooted in this teaching. Querida Amazonia is rooted in this teaching. Every one of his teachings is rooted in this teaching here. And it's clear because they can all be drawn to this teaching that he taught on the feast of the purification of Our Lady. It is rooted in this teaching here. which means all of his teachings are invalid. It means everything that Eugenio Scalfari has ever said about the Pope is true. What he believes, all of it, everything. So you either get rid of this guy or go with him. And you can have all the buildings. You want to go with him? You want to take the buildings? I mean, all of your buildings are ugly anyway. look like freaking circus tents. Oh, how can you tell that's a church? Well, it's a circus tent with a cross on it. Well, I mean, that makes no sense. And you want to try and dial it back just to, well, let's get back to Pope Benedict. Sorry, boss. We're not going to let that one go at this point. We're just not. It's over. The game's done. You either act or you're not a bishop. You either act or you're not a priest. You either act or you're not Catholic. At this point, it is time to push Francis out of the church and everybody who agrees with him. That's Father James Martin. That's Cardinal Supich. All of them. It is time to push all of these people off the boat. They've been drilling holes in the side, sinking sinking the bark of St. Peter for 70 years. It is time to pitch these bastards overboard. They are not Christ's priests. They will either stand up and follow their vocation or we pitch them over the sides. The time is now. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. 
In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.